You're listening to another Mariners podcast by the fans and for the fans with news and views on the Claret and Blues. Yeah, I know one, man. Have a listen. I've been recorded. Actually, it's good to see the vibrations. Uh, good vibrations. Good vibrations, I. Right. Well, we're back. After four and a half months... Welcome to the Mariners podcast. It's been a long time, but Ronnie, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, mate. I'm doing fine. It's yeah. been, it has been a long time. We've just been talking there and I hadn't realised it was that long. Yeah. One, like, since we did the last one and two, since I went off. So, right. so the last time we got together was in September yeah. and then the last commentary was away to Southport which probably wasn't our finest hour. Well, my finest hour, you were. We incurred the wrath of certain um, Southport supporters and one or two others just didn't like our brand of commentary, which yeah. was pretty... That wasn't our finest hour, I guess, because it was just through frustration. Because um, we should have hammered Southport that day. We ended up getting beat 1-0. and it sh- I think a four-goal swing would have been probably what we deserved on the day yeah we were that much better than them but it was a spell where we just couldn't hit a barn door and the game the, actually the game at Southport it was crying out for John Lafudu. we said it time and time again in commentary yeah because the fullbacks were crap they were awful I've never seen really two bad. worse fullbacks I mean obviously I've got a lot of stick for just like every every time that right back um, was anywhere near the play he was awful, and you know when you just notice, your eye just crawls through. I must yeah. have just been like pointing it out all the time, and then just got into a little bit of trouble. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but but it was it was and I it was crying out for Lafuda because it was a massive pitch, and the fullbacks were poor, and uh, it just needed something. I mean, Mongoy was on the Jordy Mongoy was on the left, and he didn't get much change out of a poor fullback, you know. Yeah. And it was crying out for Lefudu. Yes. But for some reason, Julio Arca didn't bring him on. And I, I remember reading a, a post somewhere saying it might have been for disciplinary reasons that he was actually benched against, I'm going to say, Chorley. Um, possibly something to do with being late or something. But then he, he played the next game, but then was dropped again. Mm-hmm. And was on and was benched and Julio didn't bring him on. I don't know whether that was through disciplinary reasons or what, but if it is, kind of the manager robbed his team of points yeah. in my view because he was on fire then as well, wasn't he? And it was. I'm convinced if Lefudu was on that right flank that day, we would win the game comfortably. Yeah. Um, because it was quite you know Paul Blackett as, as as well as he's playing, he can't do it on his own and. No. With he would have got a bit better service that day, but I mean, yeah. that was the that came after games like Warrington Town away, where actually it was class. I know that the two two draw we should have won because we're two 0 up. Crazy game that was crazy. It? You know, had Gary Little not made that mistake and gifted them their first goal, I doubt they would have got a foothold in the game. If would I'm not, honest, would not we were we, all over them, all over them. That was another controversial, wasn't it? Yeah, you, you lost your rag there, didn't you? Well, like, we normally just stand, like, with our backs against the stands, don't we? Yeah. Don't really, people don't really notice us, but um, this fella just, like, had yeah. a massive issue with me, like, standing behind him. So I politely asked if he was paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he had a go, and then um, I told him where to go and then the steward came and yeah we we we, we got kicked out of that stand just getting ourselves settled mm-hmm. looked up and John Lafudu got brought down he did yeah. it, it was mad but actually although you know it wasn't a great start for us because we had to get moved and we had to hmm. but actually in hindsight it was a great move because in the second half we were right among their fans yeah and the atmosphere was electric that it was a great day for non-league football it was um so there's pluses and minuses, yeah. Ideally, we should have won the game very comfortably, but the atmosphere was awesome. It was electric. Another one where you just got like a bucket full of chances. Mm-hmm. Um, you just couldn't put it away. 
I think I think obviously Paul Blackett's on 19 league goals now this season. He should really be on a 25. Can you remember that? Um, like, I will big him up in a minute. Can you remember that one at Darlington for my birthday, Darlington away, where we were just slightly. Uh, we were on that bank, weren't we? Mm-hmm. But the advertising hoardings was hiding it slightly. And uh, I think he had a, a gaping open goal, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And obviously, because of the net ripple, we thought it was it. thought it was it. But we were like, there's no way he could have missed that. But he did. But he did. I think he's missed. He missed, missed a few. But then again, but he's finishing like, lately. He's been top draw. Oh, he, I think he's like the Alan Shearer of this level. He's like stocky, fast. Um, he seems to have gained a yard finish. of pace in the last month. Yeah, I don't know where can, that's come from. He can finish. He never gives up. He's like the perfect player um, for us. You know, we'll, we'll have we'll have always have like a bit of a sentimental. Um, mood for strikers at South Shields mm. like I mean it's like six years later and still people mention yeah, Cogden yeah. Finnegan <laughs> Finnegan might be playing I see him walking out with his dog he must be fit <laughs> stuff like that and then um, obviously Gilchrist I think was the last good yeah, really good one he was one. class and then he comes along and I mean he came from who did he come from was Spenmore? it Spenmore. but he played for like uh Barry was it or something? Yeah, he'd been playing high level. Obviously, there's talk of him going to high level now. I mean, it's Tuesday night. It's end of the transfer window. As it, as it stands, he's still a South Shields player. Rumours abound that he's going to Harrogate. Um, it's a whole ke- different kettle of fish when you think about the club being up for sale. Talk about the club mm-hmm. not being full-time next year. and well, Next season, sorry. So there's all sorts of things going on. But you can't fault the lad. I mean, I saw him in pre-season... I saw him one preseason. Only needed to see him in one preseason game, and I knew then he was yeah. going to be our yep. player of the season. Yep. You could just tell straight away. And I think the, if he stays, like touch wood, um, I think there's no reason why he can't get another 10, 12 goals. No reason why not. With better service, I mean, since um, the management change, there's been a change in philosophy. There's a, I think I spoke to Lee Picton last season about something and we talked about identity and I think the football that some of the football we played at Hereford last night and you know Saturday as well I mean yes we lost but mm. some of the football we've played it has a bit of an identity to it yep. and I think one of the catalysts for that not just Elliot Dickman Lee Picton now Andy Innes is back mm-hmm. but I think the return of Will Jenkins um, Will came on um, I'm going to say against I think it was Warrington and um, came on as a sub and um, was it no, was no it, I don't no, think it was, was. was it was Farsley it was, um, Farsley Celtic yeah. I'm looking the wrong it was Farsley Celtic and in that cameo that he had he didn't put a foot wrong he didn't misplace a pass didn't miss time a run didn't just his awareness his vision his energy his strength his passing ability his ball control He's got the lot. Yeah, I think I was I was saying to you on Saturday. Um, I don't think he'll. I think he before he, he went on loan. I think he probably seen himself as a youngster, someone that like maybe didn't belong because he mm. had to prove his worth. Mm. But like a year away with Morpeth, you'll you know he'll, he'll well, come he, back and he'll he'll feel like he's just. Obviously, he's grown, he's got more experience, so he will feel like um, he belongs. Yeah, he's no longer an academy player. Yeah, and then, and then obviously, the, the way things were going on with injuries and off the pitch and all that, I think it was a perfect time for him because the fans just needed a bit of a, a lift. Mm-hmm. Definitely. When he comes on, it's like, he's just willing for... Willing, willing for William. William. Williaming. Yeah, William. William. Yeah. <laughs> that, um, what do you call it? An answer. He's, uh, he's it's Charlie FM, isn't it? He's strange. <laughs> um, yeah. At least said about that better, the better, I think. Yeah. Um, but Will has come back, and I mean, he had the time at Dunstan last season, Morpeth this yes. season. Um, I mean, it, it, it was the tragic thing is, is the fact that um, during the 21 22 season, yeah. He, he was just starting to make an impact. Then he got that awful injury at Nant, which he, when David Thingy used to play for Sunderland, the Welsh fella, yeah. put a hole in his leg and Horrendous it was awful. And um, he he couldn't get back in. And yeah. c- clearly, Kevin Phillips and Julio are uh, 
clearly didn't want to use youth talent. And so, because there's the thing about Will McGowan, who's now, you know, He's doing well, doing well at Blythe prior to the championship winning season under Kevin. Kevin Wes and Lee were raving about him saying he was the pick of the lads in pre-season and not three weeks later he'd gone and um, it seems that just that reluctance to, to, to play youngsters and I, and, I, and I know particularly the Northern Premier League yeah. it's, it's tough we've, we've said this before on previous podcasts about Very tough. people like Connor T and all that you know <laughs> really yeah. you know, so you've got to be careful but when someone's as good as Will I mean Mark Carruthers who we keep in touch with on a regular basis you know, has watched him five, six times this season and, and, and has said on every occasion he's ran the show for Morton. I think he's uh, broken out a little bit, but he? And, yeah, and obviously, I think, I remember the first season he was here, Torton with Lee Pickton and someone else, and they were like, some of the goals he scores in training are out of this world. I remember that goal against Nantwich at home? Yeah. All those years ago? And yeah. that was just, he was 18, you're talking, he's only 23 now, and... The, the ball last night for Paul Black at school at Hereford. Beautiful pass. As you say, very much like a Shearer playing on the shoulder. Yeah. And the finish was sublime. And yeah, I'll always remember that day. It was Scarborough away. Um, and Jenkins was like tussling for the ball with that Michael Poulsen. Michael he Poulsen? Like, he's like a seasoned player, right? And he doesn't get knocked off the ball easy. He just, like, just went for the... Jenkins went for the um, shoulder charge, and Coulson just went flying. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, and then his overall game was brilliant. But he, and I think that's when he was building up, and then the bad yeah. injury. The injury just an injury like that rocks anybody. Yeah, uh, it takes it takes time to come back. So we, we've got him back now. Obviously, it's a it's a you mentioned a good time to come back, particularly with the fact that his coaching. His coaching, uh, sorry, the coaching staff are all really academy coaches as well. So yeah. he'll have worked under, he's worked under Lee in the Shield Academy, probably Andy yeah. and Elliot Dickman, a football man who knows youth football inside out and has nurtured these players. Well, it's probably, the, you couldn't have picked a better I time for Will to come back yeah. under that kind of... Um, Education. So it's all set for him really, he just needs a bit of luck to uh, keep on the pitch, uh, keep getting the games under his belt and I think next season he'll be like one of our key players because, although it pains us to say, to say this, because we, we, I feel like I say it every season, we just don't know how long Will Briggs is going to... Yeah, yeah he keeps he's going to hang these boots up, cause he, but he's, he always gets in there and... Yeah, well, such a good player. He's not as old as we think, but obviously the legs can only go do so much. But if you look at the Hereford game last night, you know the midfield, Briggs, Smith. I mean, Abby came on, Jenkins. I'd have loved to have seen Will play alongside Lirak Asani. Oh, I forgot about him. Yeah, well, oh, that was good when he had to go back to Gateshead. Um, what was that about? Was that they'd run out of players or uh, was just injuries and, and they'd lost a couple as well? I know he was ill like for a bit, but yeah, yeah. he seemed to be on the bench far too often. Well, he had as far he had a but uh, a virus that he couldn't shake. It might have been long COVID, who knows? Mm. But um, he couldn't quite shake it off, so his energy levels weren't what they were at the start of the season. But still, he had that class and yeah. guile, um, which I think with the energy of you know Michael Wood's energy. I mean, he's one of your favourites. Ah, oh, la, la, I think Woodsy's class. I, I, think I, I just, I mean, that, if you remember at Warrington, he was outstanding at Warrington. His energy is tackling. Um, just doesn't quite seem to get the long runs of games. Always seems to pick up a yeah. knock or two. And um, I wonder if it's his style of game because very uh, like robust. It's isn't it? combative, isn't it? So he's and it also, I mean, we've seen him like away games where it's like you think he's like. They're on his feet, and then all of a sudden, two minutes later, he's running up the other end of the pitch, and it's like and scores a goal. Yeah, and if you if you're doing that, and you just slightly like stretch or something, and it, it could probably injure you. And he goes, he doesn't hold back and tackles either. I just think um, 
until you say the Sony there, I was thinking like a good midfield would be Briggs kind of, you know, patrolling that centre circle. Yeah. He needs legs around him. He does. Uh, Woods can get up and down. Um, Jenkins is strong and he's got a good pass about. I think that could be a, a, a midfield three that would complement each other. Very much so. Um, so, obviously we lost Lirac. Mm-hmm. Jordi Mongo has gone to spend more. You weren't having him way, Jordi no. Mongo. Eh? No. I heard you say on the, the other podcast that he, he's the most offside player. I've never seen a more offside person in my life, ever. Um, for someone who plays wide and should be able to look along a line, it just shows what a kind of football brain he's got. Because mm. yeah. anyone with a decent football brain would know you just look along the line and just stay on side. He probably, probably suffers from like lack of concentration, probably. Probably. But yeah, that's no good. No, yeah, it's not. You've got to get, somehow got to get that back. You see, to me, uh, Chris Barron made a comment, and I agree with Chris, that he, he, he was a, a more, I think he was better as an impact player coming off the bench with 25 yep. minutes to go. Yep. He had one, to me, he had one great game, which was away to Radcliffe a yes. year ago in November when we, um, he, he, he scored that night and got both goals, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, he was brilliant. He was excellent because they all put a great uh, 90 minutes in. Mm-hmm. But other than that, he's flattered to deceive. Uh, scored some goals, but it's not enough. You need more. And he wasn't, it didn't seem prepared to give more. I mean, that game at Southport against oh, such poor yeah, fullbacks. Yeah. Surely you can make a, an impact in a game like that. And he couldn't. There was no end product, really. Yes, I say he, got, he scored some goals, but really should have scored more at this level if he wanted to be a player. Yeah. Um, I think he, you know, like a lot of them. He's definitely got talent. Mm-hmm. It's just like it, it's m- like more of a mental game as well, you know. So it could be that his head could go down a little bit too easy because he's just that type of character, or, or he can't concentrate for long enough. I, that might be why yeah. he's good for. The, he looks like switched on for the last twenty minutes. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you talk about you know mentality, and you look. I mean, we lost in the double header over Christmas to Blythe Spartans. Mm. Uh, games that you missed while still I watched recovering. Watched one on the telly. Mm. The, the one where um, we were away. Boxing day. Oh, away? Yeah. I think that was on the telly. Why do I think I watched that on the telly? I don't know. Because it was a Saturday game. I'm not sure that it would be allowed to be streamed. But anyway, we're there Boxing Day. By the way, they did, I did see it because Hooper scored, didn't he? I, I was watching that. Yeah. I was like... I was saying, oh God. But there you see players' mentality. You've got Cedric Main and JJ Hooper who both scored against us. Mm. So when they want to, they, they can really play as two excellent footballers. Yes. But um, I don't know, modern footballing mentality dictates that you can probably get away with not putting the shifts in. And It was, it was written in the proverbial stars. Oh, Our lot were, you know, giving them pelters and... Um, as you'd expect. Um, I mean, I, I, they're going listen, to score. I, I don't think Blythe were that good. Well, they weren't. They weren't that good at all. Um, and I, I think, I was thinking about this the other day, this whole thing about playing the same team twice, it's just rubbish. Yeah, Why does it have to happen? Why couldn't we not go and play Spennymore at home or something? And Darlington. Yeah, mm. it's just like playing the same team like that close together. Especially if one of them is just not slightly off form, it's like you, you get double points for it. Yeah. Because you're likely to win the next one because. But the the embryonic shoots of recovery were there at Blythe in the first quarter of an hour when we yeah, dominated. Because, it with I, a thought, I definitely yeah. watched that on the telly. Yeah. yeah I remember. Yeah. So it was there and we got the early goal. Paul's finish was excellent. The, the, yeah. the intensity was Great there. Finish. But obviously, the lads, I, I wonder whether they weren't fit or they were overtrained or what but we up until actually last night was the first time and we had to, I had this conversation with some lads on Saturday that was the first time you said it on the podcast as well that we looked fit like yeah. we looked a full time team. team yeah last, we needed to be last night because of the pressure that we were under with the injuries that occurred you've got you know young Albie Fletcher coming on and you've got Mackenzie Heaney playing left back and so um, the fitness is there. I, I don't know. Is it was it was it confidence? Was it 
could be a whole myriad of things. There's definitely that you there's definitely much more confident now than I think like obviously I've seen them on the telly in the last three months because I've been away, but um before that we started off really well, especially at home. Mm-hmm, we did. But then I think it with just the monotonous games and the injuries and all that and whatever was happening off the field, I think we lost our way a bit, but I think um you can definitely see a bit of fight in them. I mean, there was a fight at the end last night, wasn't there? Yeah. If you look, if you look, if you look at, you know, lost at home to Peterborough Sports, lost away to Rush Hall Olympic, you know, lost, you lose lose to Chester at home, you lose five in a row. Oof. When prior to that, we'd beaten Tamworth, who are runaway leaders at the top, we'd beaten yeah. Buxton, we should have yeah. beat Southport, sure. and we hammered Spennymoor. So we should have been worried. We should have beat Warrington prior to that. So it's 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 amazing how quick it turns. Mm-hmm. Then you go you go you lose five games. Um, but I tell you, I, on Saturday I don't know how you felt, but uh, yes, we lost to to Boston. But I thought Boston were a very good side, uh-huh. well organised, played some good football. We've got um, a good player up front. Him. We don't want to know. Yeah, I mean Jacob here. Yeah. We switched off against him, yeah. which was bizarre. Particularly the first goal. Obviously, Martin Smith made an error. Yeah. He's kind of he's made a lot of errors this season, but he gets punished for yes. every single one. Yeah, um, you know, four or five times now this season. Um, but the second goal was a, a lack of concentration. Hazel lost his marker, or the marker just didn't bother, you know. So, but I never felt like gutted. I, I, I wasn't angry after losing because I thought it was a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, we gave we gave everything we had, yeah. and we were beaten by just fractionally perhaps the better team maybe a draw would have been a fair result and I, I, I never felt I never felt as if like oh here we we'll go again yeah because it's just one of it's a good side and we're yeah. playing National League North football yeah and then last night go to Hereford I had no expectation whatsoever to come away with 3-0 that's unbelievable it was unbelievable so I don't think there's a lot of difference in, there's a lot of teams like much of a muchness like yeah. on the same level and I like Scunthorpe didn't act great when we played them. We were just naive against we them. We were naive. Yes. We were naive. And then, Particularly the first half. First yes. 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, but we came back and we gave them a scare. We did. And um, I haven't seen Tamworth. I don't know. Well, we beat them, didn't we? We beat them. We beat Tamworth. Very strong. Big the, their defensive record is ridiculous. Um, they don't score as many as they would probably like to. But the way they play, the way they're set up, they're set up to be combative and robust and not give goals away and obviously Scunthorpe couldn't penetrate them last night mm. Scunthorpe go down to 10 men mm. Tamworth to take advantage mm. so um, yeah much of a muchness and a lot of sides can beat everybody else yeah, yeah. which is why you know I'm looking forward to Scarborough on Saturday there's but, some dross as well mind well I thought I, I you know we talk about Southport at that stage mm. we'd said on commentary you know it was the worst team I'd seen Fawzi Seller were rubbish as well yeah they, they were poor them. I actually thought the worst I've seen, I think, is Bishop Stortford. For a home team, for what they did against, and I know we just scraped the victory, but it shouldn't have been like that. They were really poor. They didn't offer anything that I could see. Obviously, it's different when you're at a game compared yeah. to watching it on TV, but Bishop Stortford didn't offer anything. If you look at the league table, it doesn't lie. No, not at this point. Not at this point. It doesn't lie. And Darlington are struggling, Spennymoor are struggling. Yep. Kings Lynn, Bishop Stover, Gloucester. Um, so I, I do think, you know, let's just have a look. Like, Chris, you got 46 points, right? Mm-hmm. Chester, a fourth of 49. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it, 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 it's, it's crazy. And if you look at the, the fixtures, you know, we've got a tough, tough game at Scarborough on Saturday. Scarborough are really doing well. But then yeah, you've got Gloucester and Darlington. In consecutive Saturdays, you know, so there, yes, Gloucester's away, it's a long journey, but we've just defied that the last two away games. We've defied it. By the way, Darlington were horrendous as well. On Bank Holiday Monday, yeah. how do we not win? Rubbish. Um, how do we not win that? But we I said mean, that at Warrington, we said I'm, that at Southport. I'm not entirely sure why there's six teams in the playoffs. Because there's, there's eliminators. Super playoffs and that. No, so the top two. So second and third automatically go through the semis. Um, so you've got like technically quarterfinals, then semi-finals, uh, okay. you know. 
But it, like, even if we made it in that, from uh, like fourth to seven, don't even finish fourth. But I think we could finish seventh. Kirsten Ashton's there at the minute. Yeah, sure. yeah well, I was impressed with them, Kirsten Ashton. I thought, I mean, to me, they're the best football and site we've played at uh, First Cloud Arena this, this season so far. Uh, yeah, they're having a little sticky patch. Like, mm. see, they're having their sticky patch. We've had ours, hopefully. You know, it, it does happen, and yeah, it does. other clubs are going to have a sticky patch, maybe. But we, just you look need, at we just need to keep our main striker, I think that's what we need to do. Well, you know, at the minute he's still a Shields player. When we're recording, it's Wednesday night, it's transfer win- transfer deadline day. Who knows? I think it's. In, I think it'll be really interesting to see how um, Steve, Stevenson, was it? Yeah, Dylan Stevenson. Dylan Stevenson will do. Um, Last night, I thought he showed signs that he's been schooled at a Premier League club. His touches at right. times were first class. He's got that. You could see he's, where he's been coached and educated. Um, it'll take a while for him to bed into things here, but hey, just keep playing. I think he's one of those that uh, I think we've had like players on loan from other like championship clubs, but those players have. Kind of been already out the door. Yes. Jordan Hunt was pretty yeah. much out the door. I know he offered, he got offered another contract, but I think he was. And then I think there's a few more like that. But from what I can see and what I've heard, uh, this lad is like they've got a lot of hope for him. Yeah, definitely. You could see just with these touches, it's very difficult for a young lad. We've seen it time and time again coming into non-league when you've not played really. Probably played men's football before. He might have played the odd game. I don't know, but playing at friendlies it's a totally different kettle yeah, of fish. Um, but of course, we're, you know, we're talking about perhaps Black moving on, um, Stevenson coming in. But the, the club is up for sale, and mm. the club are looking to cut costs, and and rightly so. You know, uh, the chairman Jeff Thompson. He's had a couple of seminars recently where he explained where the club is at the moment and. Admitted. I mean, I wasn't there. I was working on both yeah. nights, but um, you know, it said that you know things. You know, going full time in hindsight wasn't the best thing. Uh, the building of the stand at the time it was built. Yeah, looking back, but it is what it is now. It's there, so we'll get on with it. And um, as lo- the way I look at it, as long as w- the football's decent, we and it's we are competitive. We can't ask for much more when you consider we're playing. You know, two promotions away from the football league. It's a we have jumped massively. We were desperate to play in this league because we, we were in purgatory for about three or four years. Well, longer. Yeah. Um. So we, I think, just have to there has to be a little bit of realization that we we're, we're no longer the Manchester City of yeah. the league we're in. Yeah. We are. We are one of the what? Aston Villa. Well, even the, the middle third of the Premier yeah. League, if you want to quantify yeah. it, yeah. Um, pound for pound, um, we are where we are. We're still competitive financially on the pitch, yeah. com- competitive literally on the pitch. And yeah, there's going to be cost cutting and savings made, but good, so that you don't want to, you, you can't live beyond your means forever. No, I think um, obviously you've got that international thing, which should bring a bit of money in. Yeah, there's more students coming and I noticed there's a women's international academy starting in September as well. Right. So yeah. with the um, the expansion and the success of the women's game, hopefully that might be a real catalyst for for more because um, yeah. they do need more to be, to make it the game changer that they want it to be. They do need a lot more students. Right. Um, but it, again, it, it it takes time. You kind of you kind of you got to walk before you run, as they say. You could probably do it with someone really shining and signing for a team, and then the rest will just. Well, there's a few of them have signed forms in the Northern League, for instance. Right. Um, the problem is they can't play for us, so you, you don't want them to sign for for teams no. in our league, so they have to play at the levels accordingly. So I think on the on the whole sale of the club and. Like how we've got where we are, I think, you know, when when you support a football club, I think you're within your, within your rights to kind of like give feedback as mm-hmm. things happen, and we did. Yeah, we did. We do. There's quite a few things where you kind of think, you know, we're just putting an even bigger target on our back when we set up a project called 
Project EFL. Yeah, yeah, looking back, that's, it, it, that's another like, one. But but then you've got to look at the other side where we've had such great times. Like, Josh put his money where his mouth is and we've well, without been able him, to buy some good players. And without yeah. them, we wouldn't... We, we wouldn't be sat here talking right now. But we, what, what, or not now, but we would, we would like other times, right? You wouldn't like sack us off. No, no. I was, I was already drinking with you at the <laughs> yeah. anyway. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I think um, overall, though, I just remember seeing his face um, in the bar at Whitby when we'd done it, and he was over the moon. Yeah, of course. Um, put yeah. a lot. Of, not only money. He's just, I mean, I think it's one of those jobs where there's just always something to do. Yeah. And then if you fight, if you feel. I think what happens with a football team is really strange, isn't it? Because everything just gets thinned out for the sake of investment on the pitch. Yeah, of course. Um, so therefore you rely on volunteers. And I think what we're going to be looking at, I think, in the future is people might have to do give up a little bit more of their time to um, help the club or whatever. So I always kind of laugh when I hear complaints about like bar service and all that kind of stuff but then I see there's you know there's not that many of them there and the numbers are dwindling so I kind of think to myself well why don't you go and help them in the morning like for a couple of hours Mm. because that's probably what they're losing the planning time because they're so busy they're they're probably not able to get organised but I think I think there's loads of things that the fans could do with the odd Two three hours a week. Mm. That would. Uh, I think. That would really help. I think you look at there as a, you know. We've made some great friends at the club. Oh yes. Um, and sadly, some of those don't come anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't just mean like for a drink. I just mean the football. Yeah. Which is a shame. My brother's one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, as try as I might, but um, we've lost. So the fan base has grown, but the the numbers have kind of leveled out mm-hmm. and um but i know of at least a dozen that i know don't come anymore and i think what a shame um what's happened there and that's why it's important that we remain the product on the pitch remains entertaining to, tr- to try and get those people if we can get them back get them back and get them to stay but i suppose the success that's happened at st james's park and to an extent at the stadium alike has a big bearing on it Understandably so, but we do have a. I don't know. I don't know though. Chris, but well, there's a core, isn't there? There's two to two, two thousand three hundred. Yeah, yeah, the yeah there's a core. There's definitely a core. I think with Newcastle, I mean that's been sold out for years and years. Um, and you, it's hard to get a season ticket. Has been for for a while. So, I think a, a lot of people would maybe miss the odd couple of matches because they normally don't play on Saturday anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I did wonder why the crowds didn't go up massively when we had Phillips and Archer, um, because of the name. Yes, like they came obviously when Julio signed as a player. The yeah. crowds, you know. But I think that was because of the quality. Well, lots of people came to see Julio and then just fell in love with the club, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if you think of some of the cracking nights and cracking games we've had. Like as Shields fans in the last few years, yeah. Like it far outweighs the the dross that we sometimes see, but um, we were always good at home, mm-hmm. and I think we always will be. I think that that home pitch is a bit like a fortress, and we, the fans kind of do a great job. Like I mean, always, I mean, pretty much always behind the team. Yeah, I don't think we've, we've ever really turned on the players. Whereas other well, clubs... I think the, the only time I think was getting close to that was Boxing Day against Blythe Sparks. Was it? It didn't turn, but there was that disconnect again. He knew something was wrong, okay. and it just, it just, just, it just completely flatlined. That day was the the complete hiatus, and it had to, something had to give. And obviously, Julio went, and Tommy went, and um, something had to give because. If that was what was going to happen for the rest of the season, then we would we would oh, be God, relegated. Yeah. Yeah. It was so poor. You know, Blythe are not that good, no, no, no. and we made them look really good. 
Yeah. Um, it's as if the players were on autopilot, which in a local derby, oof. It means they're not getting motivated, no. so they've lost their like motivation. So they're not gonna like look forward to a match, and their mindset will be wrong. I, you, that's the last thing I say on the off the pitch thing. I, I do think that putting stuff on for the fans after the game, whether it be quiz, karaoke, whatever. Like I do think that one, it'll make money, and two, it just makes the place a bit like more of a community because you're not just going straight in and straight out. Yeah. Like the amount of times, remember the times the marquee we were like, oh, we're proud of that, there. you know, the clubhouse was, and Club, I know we've clubhouse, got more yeah. bars now, so it's a bit fragmented. Yeah. So, you know, on Saturday you had the quiz, which went really well, you had the karaoke disco, which went really well, but it was fragmented. Yeah. It would probably best to have one. Yes. Or, and then, you know, and just have something on where whether they have it in the in the bar the clubhouse whatever yeah. just just have one and then for because i'd love to see it get back the way it used to be particularly i was we we, we were after games it was all pre-game we were marquee yeah. and then after the game clubhouse but then it changed the marquee but then every well, now and again there'd be like a party of one of the fans yeah. Because of the we had, we had bands on as well, you know. It was that young that young band that used to play Paul regular. Ah. Now Camel Island. Mm-hmm. I was going to say something else. I thought you were going to say something else there, but moving <laughs> swiftly on. Um, uh, something to do with an appendix. Oh, I was. Uh, you remember that that guy we met on in that in the um, rocket bar, the groundhopper. Remember? Um, yes. Yeah. So he's made son. And he was sitting there, quite a portly gentleman. I read his blog, mm-hmm. and he loved it here. Yeah. He said he went to Steamboat, he went to Steamboat, he loved the Steamboat. And uh, they'd heard about the Dolly Peel story and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And uh, and then talked about the match, talked about the surroundings and all that kind of stuff. And then he said he got a great surprise because like there was stuff on after. And he was like, the t- his team back in Scotland need to learn from that. What he did say, oh, yeah, yeah. what he did say, was, I've never really been to a football ground where you could actually have a pub crawl in your own ground. <laughs> in your own ground, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can. You can. Which is testament to what's been done at the club. Yeah. You know, you, you can, you can literally crawl. I mean, I, t- I've got to be honest, from about four o'clock onwards, my memories are somewhat vague. Um... <laughs> Yep. You know, I do remember lots, but there were you know, there's some things I don't remember. Yeah. But it's just because I'll have a good time. Yes, you just get I get carried away. I have too many. I get over me limit on Moretti. I need to move off Moretti a little bit sooner to go on the Fosters. I, I see. I drink that pop. So like, yeah, you do. I just drink coloured pop, and it just it's like pop. Yeah. So it just you know, so it's like. Um, I start having I start having to go at officials. Oh yeah, you, you, that line was it the linesman you had to go at. Yeah, which was actually although saying that I had to go at the the linesman against Farsley, and I was sober. I didn't have any alcohol, and I ended up in Kev Wilson's photo file apps because you can see is berating the linesman <laughs> for flagging Paul Black. I think it was Paul Black offside. He was about three or four yards onside, and he flagged him off. And I was like, you know, one of those moments you just. You want to go ballistic, but yeah. you, yeah. it was utterly shambolic. You know, these, you, these officials are getting, in, and I, you know, I'm not going to have a go at officials per se because it's a tough job, but they make it tougher for themselves when they are not good enough. And yet again, you know, we have a particularly liners who just haven't got a clue, hmm. and they're picking up damned good money. Well, so people don't want to say, oh, you know, well, without them we wouldn't have a game. But these people are getting well paid. Believe you oh, me, oh. what I was told on Saturday, I can't, I'm not going to mention it here, but they get well paid, well remunerated, particularly on mileage. Okay. Um, quite often they can make more on mileage than what they can on their match fee. And they take home a pretty penny, believe you me. Yeah. So, and what I'm going to say is, we can have a go at them in some ways because the club is paying them for a product. Yeah. They are paying them for a service. Yeah. They are not providing a good enough service. So I think it's I think they're fair game. Like if they want to run up and down the line next to us, they want to expect in yeah. like 
But some of them cannot run, can they? They cannot run properly. That's why yeah. they're... Because they, clearly they cannot get a game of football. Yeah. So they, they run the line or whatever. Because they cannot run properly. So they're, they're always five yards behind playing. Yeah. So we're going to have a go at them. Because they're not good enough. But they are being paid for us. Being paid to provide a service. And they're not providing a good enough service. Yeah. Um, if they were volunteers, different. You should mm-hmm. never ever have a go at volunteers. Yeah. But these are not volunteers. They're getting well paid. They, they run up and down the line. And at the half time we can't even walk in the line. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know the line of the toilet <laughs> and the back. It's more powerful. Yeah, it is, aye, aye. But hey, when you're looking at the fixtures, you know, you know, we've got Scarborough away on Saturday, which is toughen. Then Gloucester away, Darling at home, Scunthorpe at home, Banbury away, Kings Lane away. There's a run of fixtures there where we're three out of those games. Three are in the bottom four, so it's potentially you get a good little run going. It's a tough one Saturday, Scarborough though, on that three G pitching. I'm hoping it's a bit, it's damp, because um, otherwise it's a very sticky 3G. It's dry and awful. I feel like we've got a really good record there, and we we have we've got a very good record there. Good records are always have to be broken at some point. So I'll be I'll be happy with a draw mm. there. I think when you say Scunthorpe at First Cloud Arena, um, I'm not I'm not too I'm fussed not about it. No, no, I, I think, think we can take anyone game. in this league. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping they'll bring plenty. You know, it's a Tuesday night, which is a shame. Mm. Um, but hopefully they'll still bring a good few and make it for a good atmosphere. Is it, was the Saturday game called off like that? No, it's always been down for a oh, Tuesday night. Yeah, Tuesday night always has been. Um, our next Saturday home game is Darlington. Yes. 17th of Feb. So two weeks on Saturday. Look forward to that one. That should be Definitely. a good one. Definitely. Um, what we all—that was what we were all like willing to happen. Um, yeah, North East Derby. I mean, the Spinwell game was amazing. Yeah. And uh, the Darlington game was exciting. Uh, obviously, we've talked about the Blythe game and games, but Darlington at home. Well, and then we had Spinwell more at home as well, and all, all good games. Which hopefully we'll get more. People there. Yeah, well, Good Friday, so, you know, hopefully okay, a bump a crowd. But we look at that Darlington one in, in August. You know, that was when we saw Luke James play well that day. Oh, he was a different yeah. class that day. But there's there another lad just cannot get a run of games. He just picks up injuries. He's, at the minute, he's got, a, you know, he's got pins in his finger, which means he can't play. So he's fit, legs-wise, but, right. but not allowed to play because he's got pins in his... I think they're getting pulled out this week or whatever, or so, shortly. So he'll be back, but he's been out since Boxing Day and there's another injury and another injury and he just cannot get a, a run of games. I, I think there's a player there. Oh, what there's we, definitely a player. What we there. saw on, on, in August. Um, he had four of them occupied mm-hmm. by himself. Yeah. He, and he got the goal. And then, yeah, you're right, he's just had like niggle after niggle. But he's played at a pretty high level, hasn't he? He has. Uh, so I don't think I've got any doubts about him if he can get fit. And I think um, Aaron Martin, I think keeping him fit. Keep him fit. He does dangerous. If you look, it was our Matthew mentioned and Adam mentioned the other day that if you look at the early games, it looks like he's put some weight on because obviously he's had these niggles and I don't know whether he's been able to train. Yeah. If you look at him at the start of the season and look at him now, he's not. He looks like he's put a few pound on. And I'm not saying that's unprofessional. It's just if he has, if he's, if you're not you able to train. And you're just playing a game and you're not training, you know, it's easy to do because you had these niggles. Um, I spent uh, six weeks eating cold meat and drinking um, vanilla milkshakes. Mm. So I put a bit of weight on as well and I did nothing. <laughs> That's all I could have. Actually, um, <laughs> just <Cold meat. laughs> moving swiftly on. Um, you know, Julio and Tommy, you know, the way it ended oh, yeah. there, you know, you, you mentioned something on a, on a, on one of our chat groups, you know, like that you're surprised how, like particularly Tommy couldn't get a a good like shift out the lads. It's you, you do wonder what's going on there, like because when we spoke to Tommy, at the start of the season, mm-hmm. and I I mean I know um, what's he called? Uh, Jason Insley. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's a legend at this level. He mm-hmm. was like. I've taught him everything I know. He, I know he's going to be absolutely brilliant. I just wonder whether Tommy Miller looked at the situation and was like, "Why am I like second in command here?" 
mm. I should probably be the person because he knows the game yeah. at that level he's got a lot of experience he knows what to do he'll probably know the players you need to buy and he, oh, I just wonder whether he'd be like oh, man, this is, I don't know what he's doing now like. I don't want to not do anything at the moment I don't think but uh, it's just a shame because um, like I say at the start of the season they had us playing well particularly at home yeah. we were it was Fortress first cloud wasn't it um, yeah but um, there goes our 45 minutes we've played yeah. a half of football wow. we're, you know we're, we're back and we back. we are looking effortless effort, effort, effortless <laughs> we didn't have a script we never really do but we really didn't have a script tonight we didn't know what we were going to say but I think we've got round the where we wanted to get round probably other things but we've got more podcasts to be able to do that in and with a bit of luck we'll be going live um, in the not too distant future for, for those who want to attend I mean there's another thing you know we were due to go around the town and obviously circumstances dictate that we didn't yeah. so we're looking to go live again well I think probably the first cloud because so. things have changed and I mean I can't, can't kind of say other people should like volunteer their time but and then like not like give the chance of getting some money behind the bar just to listen to kind of our our crack our crack um free of charge of course yeah the beer's not no um, um you know the plan was to go around the town and, and just take it all over and obviously go back to yeah. first cloud it hasn't happened because of circumstances beyond our control it wasn't exactly the most popular choice but um, no but it is what it is you know we're under the bridge now yeah we, we do what we do and we um, you know or, well we used to <laughs> we've been four and a half months but well that's because of me well there's other, other there's a, there's a the number medication of supply chains for yes <laughs> uh, but we're back where we need to be and um, yeah the plan is to go live in the next couple of months and hopefully get a good show get some good guests in yeah Um and put a good show on for people yeah I think there's a it's worth kind of I want to mention that there's a like a mental health group being set up yeah um, it's quite a brave thing to do um, Tom set it up but uh, it looks like it's getting a lot of kind of people talking mm-hmm. um, so like I'm willing I'm willing to support it yeah because uh, I think it the amount of people that come talk to me about like mental health issues, like I'm pretty certain it's probably about sixty percent of who I know. So well, it's like you're not in the, you're actually not in the minority. No, not at all. We've got like we've had I've had various conversations yeah. with people and uh, well, with the, the job that I have and of course and I see day in day out the impact that it makes on people um, at a desperate level. Um, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a cliche in a way, but it, it is, it's good to talk and any, any kind of talking really helps anybody. Um, we, we did our, we did that podcast during COVID, didn't we? COVID we talk, couple, we kind of opened our hearts as it were and um, it's, it, 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 hope, you know, Tom's got this going and it's, it's getting off the ground and long may that continue and hopefully it goes from strength to strength. Mm-hmm. Um, anything, not just mental health, but anything that, the fan base, which yeah. is a strong fan base, anything that it can do to support fellow supporters or beyond, has to be a good thing. Yeah. Um, well, so I know when we do the um, away games, obviously, you know, we enjoy it. We like. Well, we, but I think a lot of people do get a lot out of the fact that, especially when they can't go or they're away, that mm-hmm. that they can hear us and. Well, one of the problems this year has been, yeah, health-wise and, 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 and things like that. But also access. It's not as easy to get to where you want to be in a ground now to commentate. Or oh, because of segregation. Segre- you know, different circumstances. It's not like we used to be able to do it at Northern Premier League level where we just rack up and just find a spot and do it. Yeah. It's a bit different now at this level. And with the numbers of um, media team members on the club list, we really kind of get on the club list so we then have to and that, we haven't got the time to sort stuff like yeah. you know access out and that so it, it's not easy plus the distances um it's it, it's it's difficult to see where we would commentate next 
away from home purely because of circumstance. Mm. Um, it's a tougher gig this year. If I'm, I'm going to be honest, yes, I've enjoy, I haven't en- enjoyed it as much as I did in the Northern Premier League away commentary-wise. I'm loving the National League, yeah, no, don't get us wrong. But commentary-wise, I'm not enjoying it as much as I did in the Northern Premier League purely because I think it was more of a... It was more rustic in the Northern Premier League. So you, the further you go up, the less friendly it gets. Because yeah. like, not only are they competitive on the pitch, they start getting competitive off the pitch as yeah. well. Which should, yeah, we've been, I mean, I'll always remember Atherton, that ground. Like, I'll never forget. <laughs> like, it was just full of leaves. Yeah, but... It was just tremendous. But, but, but then it's they, an adventure, isn't it? Then they had this Italian sounding lad up front who was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Playing on the worst pitch in the world, it was tremendous. Um, and then my cousin was playing right back. Uh, Gaz he's now playing two levels low, down now. Is he's, he? Yeah, he, he's playing uh, two levels down. So, um, yeah, so again, that's just a, 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 another example of the adventure we've been so on. So many stories, man. Class. We could write so a book. Story. We, could we write really it. could write a book. We might do one day. Yeah, we should. <laughs> Good idea. Um, but there we go. And um, We're back. Um, and we'll be back soon. Yeah. Um, we'll get our get our mojo back and, and get back out there. We I will be at Scarborough on Saturday. Apologies in advance to anybody who crosses my path. By yeah, the time we get there, camera. we could well be a number of pints in, but it's good crack because we're going on the train. So Dave will be walking sideways again. <laughs> That's what happens when he's out of drink. I, don't, I wonder if they do the mayonnaise and gravy at oh, uh, Scarborough. Surrenders. He does it He's a wrong and Dave Robson like. He does it on purpose. Buys um, chips, gravy, and then puts loads of mayonnaise on because one side nearly threw up. So mm. he, every time I see him, he's got it. Pretty sure he was going to put tomato sauce on as well at one point. But yeah, that's just disgraceful. Wrong. Yeah. But Ronnie, thanks very much indeed for your company. Um, great to see you looking so well again. Thanks, mate. That's um, no, good to see you. That's yeah, great. You, you got us that chocolate cake, remember? I always remember that. Yeah. I hope you didn't make as much of a mess of that as you did on the, <laughs> on the, on the bus to Southport with that carrot cake. I thought that was a really good purchase and I was going to share it out, but yeah. it was literally the most crumbliest <laughs> thing ever. So I had to like shawl it in my mouth and my hands. But you weren't very well either, were you? So we'll, we'll give that to you. Well, I mean, I'm quite easily um, partial of doing that when I am. <laughs> oh, magic, magic. So, Ronnie, thanks very much indeed. And to everybody, thanks for tuning in. It's good to be back. Uh, We'll see you around the football grounds of the National League North in the coming days and weeks. Hope you've enjoyed our first foray into podcast world since September the 13th. Mm. Wow. Um, But from Ronnie and myself, Chris, thanks again. And we'll be back soon. Bye for now. Shabbat. Thanks for listening to this Mariners podcast. There'll be another one along soon before you can see it. Robert Briggs.